Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of JJ's Album Club. It's a music album discussion podcast where we get on musicians to talk about albums that are important in their lives. Uh, my name's Joey Page, he's Jimmy Famaray, we're with the JJ's, how are you doing? Might uh, disrupt bedtime there with that. I was trying to bring some energy because Joey Page is a hungover man. I, I thought I was just doing a very professional job. I was like, I'm going to get this. This is going to be okay, crisp. Really? In my mind. I like, maybe, it's gonna... just, maybe it's just because I knew. Uh, and yeah, maybe you did do a really good job of covering it. Really, my face now I've just blown it. My voice. <laughs> you I were putting it all voice. into the voice. Yeah. yeah. But my just because I could see your face. Uh, my and eyes are your... shut remarkable look yeah i mean there's nothing worse on a podcast than people sort of focusing on visual stuff but let let the record show that joe looks terrific uh at the moment he's got a sort of he's kind of lit by a kind of pink bulb or something no i just haven't my my professional lights for my streaming i've not got them set up properly no 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 i'm not going to mention my twitch channel again have Go you got a Twitch channel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I haven't got it set up properly, so when I don't, and I just turn one light on, I look pink. It reflects yeah. that I'm wearing no, a, it's a nice. pink Father John Misty sweatshirt that looks like someone's pyjamas. I've got my hair kind of tied back, <laughs> but only like half, like in a kind of Robbie Savage kind of way. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. I don't know who else. Oh, um, mate. Anyway, it's good to be here. Um, it's good to, uh, yeah, we've got another episode and another really good one. We've got another episode. Another I thought one. we were just having a chat. It's another one. Is that, uh, is that like a rapper or like a producer, like a nineties hip hop? Oh yeah. Another one. Hot and Who fresh. Was that? Or something. Be like that. Who was that? There was, that was a specific person that I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, really good. How are you mate? Apart from oh. over. No, I'm, I'm good really. Um, yeah. How can you be? How are you getting hungover at the moment? How are you managing? Uh, because right, so when, when me and Yanina were in America, because you'd be yeah. driving all day, and then you'd get somewhere, and the last thing you want to do is go out drinking. Mm. Well, you'd learn pretty quickly that a way to pep you up would be like have a shot of whiskey. So if we'd have a few okay. drinks over dinner, and then decide we're going to continue and have a dance or whatever, but mm. both knackered or like, then it'll only take one of us to kind of remember that if we have a shot of whiskey then we'll get a sort of yeah. weird burst of like manic energy and then and then yeah. we're up. Once we're on the no, dance floor mean... it's our living room. <laughs> shots at home. I think shots at home is uh, is a good move actually. Um I'll break that out next time. Um yeah. where should we start? What should we talk about? What have you been listening to? Oh I listened to um Yeah we've done our homework from last Bendy week. Banana? Blue Bendy? Blue Bendy <laughs> Bendy uh, Banana. Uh, <laughs> Bendy Bananas. <laughs> so this is the band. Um, talk me through who they are again. Uh, I mean, it's difficult to explain without mentioning my Twitch page. Mm, I guess, okay, but, Blue Bendy. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Har- a guy called Harrison Charles, who's a very funny, like, new comedian, uh, who's, on right. my, uh, yes. who's on my chat show thing as a character. Yeah. He's yeah. plays bass in this band, Blue Bendy. Holy moly, that's him. Oh, amazing. Mm. Oh, brilliant. He looks completely different in the uh, cool guy photos that they've got that I'm looking at now. Um, yeah, enjoyed this. I like... Um, uh, it's probably that classic uh, psych response for me where, like, the the sort of the lyrical part and the vocal doesn't give me the same rush as... The, the music, the actual sort of like yeah, right. the instrumentation and the lovely sort of weird. It's quite kind of spooky and unusual and experimental. But yeah, I was into it. Um, mm. I, I like as well that there's just like a few singles. Like um, that doesn't happen that much these days. Where no. you know, you, quite often these days you'll find a an act and you'll look and it's like yeah they've they've had three albums out or whatever and they've got this like vast back mm. catalogue already I like that kind of scarcity where you're like oh each one is like a kind of precious jewel so yeah I was into them and it's nice to get um, on the ground floor um, yeah, should I do yeah, one of yours yeah. then like, should we go should we do this like penalty shootout yeah yeah go on you, you yeah. gave me three you gave me three sky it did yeah. I yeah. Yeah, yeah oh mate yeah um, you don't have to have listened I- to them 
No, um, Scissor. Scissor, yeah. yeah. Her, her new single, yeah. Good Days. Um, yeah, it's, pretty I mean, good. I, it's catchy, but I don't, it's not, it's not, it's not really my Sort of thing. washes over you. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I I just really love what she does. I love that she she's kind of got flow. She's a singer. She's got this beautiful, soulful voice, but she's got like, you know, Kendrick level flow. And I kind of like the way she just kind of locks into a bit of a mood and a vibe and uh, similar to like, say, a SoundCloud, SoundCloud rapper where you're like, Oh yeah, I don't know what they're talking about, but you sort of are really getting into it. They could literally be doing their tax return to music, and I'm just like, oh my god, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I I know what you mean though. I I feel like that is, in terms of the Venn of where our you know our uh, tastes cross over and synergize, mm. it's probably not really in that zone. But yeah, no, I right. appreciate you listening no, to it. No, but I did I did like um K and V a lot more. Yeah. Um, and like yeah. it feels like a little bit like God is there any instrument that hasn't been played on this record? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's cool, isn't she? She's and I'm um, always a little bit wary of the kind of like Oh God. And and I, and I think it's like probably like quite a lazy comparison that people straight away make but any sort of like weird female artists people just go Kate Bush Kate Bush Kate Bush do you know what I mean but mm, yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. This is definitely she's literally cool. called Kate as well but yeah. I know what you mean yeah it is a real you almost don't want to say it but it's unavoidable mm. if somebody's got a sort of idiosyncratic um, sensibility and there's something a bit uh, yeah artistic and wonky about their approach to like pop but it's quite it's it's quite sort of i remember i think i gave it a first listen i was like oh what's this and it's like yeah all weird sort of saxophone blasts and stuff so a lot of it's quite catchy isn't it mm. nice good stuff well i'll take that i think the i don't know what the penalty shootout has ended up as because i've only done one of yours so okay, i don't know immediately fold um yeah, but no, no, enjoyed that. Um, shall we talk about this week's guest? Yes, uh, very enlightening chat, and it felt like went on a real kind of journey through this person's upbringing, which was like really fascinating to like almost eavesdrop on. I thought um, we've got yeah. Amsterdam this week. Yeah, yeah, incredible, um, um, incredible guy, and somebody that you. Um, completely introduced me to and he uh, his pick of record is brilliant like mm. completely unexpected and uh, inspired and something that I just had no real clue about um, Laurent Thomas is his uh, real name just for, for reference um, and yeah just like a total dude and someone whose kind of take on on like life, on creativity, who's like cynicism and sort of little portal into um, being a musician and being sort of gifted and uh, in one. Yeah, I, I just felt like there are a lot of sort of great kind of professional parallels over the kind of story and the journey that he's been on recently, whereby, you know, he was a relatively successful jazz musician and he just completely reinvented himself and did this kind of risky, dangerous yeah. thing and became like a kind of, you know, experimental uh, rapper and crafted this kind of Bowie-style character for himself. Like, it's, yeah. it's an amazing, amazing story. And yeah, he was a total dude. But also just like a very uh, nonchalant kind of, like, you feel like his, um, his talent is effortless and also, like, he's so laid back, it, it mm, seems yeah. like... He's just literally just working with whatever comes his way, yeah, yeah, not yeah, trying too yeah. hard, and that's a really great thing to see in a way, and quite a yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a spectacular yeah. thing to witness in a way. Yeah, yeah. Iggy Pop as a early champion of his, and obviously a collaborator as well. And there's a lot of good Iggy chat, and I mean, we were basically just trying to sort of lay the groundwork for the Igster to uh, hopefully. Um, <laughs> to hopefully get closer to him. I've worked out. I've worked out what I'm going to do with that. Have you? I'm going to like. 
I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> Do we want to like... Pop's the kind of person that's into letters. Oh, definitely. Write like a him. fax. He's I'll really like, into like yeah, fax. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know how. I'm hoping, Pamps, that I'm all bridge that gap, but... Yeah. I'll write yeah. a letter and see where it gets No, us. I like it. I Before like the it. end of the series, to be we may have Iggy Pop. To be continued, so. but let us not miss the fact that Pan Amsterdam in his own right is a total dude it was an absolute joy and uh, yeah I hope that um, just as he was a discovery um, gifted from you to me I hope that other people that maybe don't know him um, and maybe are just a bit curious like go and check out his stuff because it's really really um, worth the entry it's really yeah. really interesting really compelling um, really unique I mean, his album is uh, one of my favourite albums of last year, Hachu. Which one? The one, the, the, the latest one, yeah. Hachu, that came yeah. out last year. Mm. And uh, yes, it's a, if you haven't heard Pants Down, it's a gift from us to you. And all we want in return as a gift is for you to like, rate and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a little five star on iTunes. Come and say hello to us on social media if you want. I'm very... I'm very personable on there jimmy less so don't bother him he's busy but uh i'll chat to you uh i'll just be happy to speak to a new person to be honest but yeah uh i hope you enjoy this episode uh please give it a little like rate and subscribe tell your friends and uh yeah enjoy this chat with one of the coolest people that have ever been on the podcast JJ's album club. Um, Laron, thank you so much for joining us, man. This hey, happy to be here. Yeah, welcome to JJ's album that. club. Thank welcome. You. Um, where are you? You're you're uh, in your apartment. You've got some great lighting wherever you are. Yeah, I'm in New York. This is my apartment. It's really uh, messy, but I made sure the screen is kind of going this way, <laughs> so you don't get to see the other side of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got the washing oh, in the background. You don't want to know the horrors that are just out of shot. Yeah, Joe's got right. Joe's got a lot of uh, Whoa, things drying. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Get it, bro. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my housemate's away, so I'm using her room as a uh, as an office and the laundry right. room. Right. <laughs> so many socks. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of socks, man. It reminds me of like the the roof on Mary Poppins and stuff. You know, like. a lot of people's vision of london just being like that yeah i know Um, (laughs) yeah um thank you for so much for joining us man and um your joe i actually have to thank for introducing me to your to your work and to your music and uh it's incredible i really love it i can't wait to get onto the album that you're going to share with us today because that is an awesome surprising brilliant curveball um i was reading a few interviews with you and your your sort of backstory and your story before the kind of guise of pan amsterdam kind of came into view is really fascinating and um i was just wondering what was that what was that backdrop that kind of caused you to to kind of to form this alter ego as it were and sort of mark this new phase in your career that's been really like career changing right this has kind of oh, brought yeah. in so many great things but yeah give us the back the backstory and the backdrop before all that happened okay so what happened was is i was doing a, a character in france uh, called man funk like i was <laughs> I, I had made this uh, hit song out there and then um that kind of died down and my friend malik crumpler uh, had joined up with uh, Scott, that man Monks, a beat maker, Scott Moncrief, mm. and they uh, they put together this uh, <laughs> this uh, group called Madison Washington, which was dope, you know. Mm. But they were, but but I didn't know that, like you know, all of a sudden I just saw them getting an interview by Giles Peterson mm. and all this yeah. stuff, and I was like, "Yo, man, what are you <laughs> doing over there?" You know, because I'm sitting in New York, like, "Hey, I'm the man, funk man," you know, I need some more work. You know, so, so so Malik was like, oh, yeah, man, I got a group, you know, and all this stuff. And so they gave me the, uh, so the, the guy, Scott, that man, Monks, his, his name is Scott Moncrief. He's a really dope uh, beat maker, also in the house world. He gives me these beats and they sound mad 90s, mm. you know? So I was like, yo, man, what do you want me to do over this, you know? <laughs> and he was just like, 
do whatever you want to do over it. Now I, I said to myself, well, man, these beats are like mad dated, bro. Like, like, <laughs> like you want me to kind of like rap like this, you know, like, you know, I was like, and that's so how this, I so just to double back at this point, you weren't rapping. You weren't I was kind not of rapping. rapping. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <I> <laughs> and did you ever punk. rapped? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were man funk. Oh man. I tried, you know, I, I on my uh, dirty draws projects where I was a mm. uh, genre crosser and things like that. Mm. Across a lot of genres in one project. And I tried rapping then, and it was horrible. Yes, very, <laughs> very horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he kind of boxed you in. He kind of painted you into a corner with the beats in a way. Yeah. You kind of, yeah, you sort of only had one way that you could go, and so only, just be a caricature of New York, you know. And um, <laughs> and I was like, I hope this cat doesn't take this as a diss, but this is the best way I can flip his track, you know. And yeah, yeah, he, he man, he heard that stuff, and he was like, Yo, this is dope. You know, yeah, so that's what happened. Yeah, that's it's how it's incredible. Whole yeah. Um, um, so where did yeah. where did the name come from for the for Pan Amsterdam? Well, I saw that uh, Madison Washington Malik Crumpler's group. Mm. Uh, they had I thought Madison Washington meant uh, like the corner, like like New York, like the Madison Avenue, and then Washington mm. Square. Yeah, sure. So uh, I found out later it's about a successful slave uh, that uh, he, well a slave runaway slave that ran a successful uh revolt mm -hmm. like he like hijacked the ship and like uh went to uh went across to the free area of america the north and that's how uh and that's how, and his name was madison washington wow I didn't, I didn't know that i was just thinking new york so i said pan amsterdam because that amsterdam's an avenue next to broadway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah <laughs> Like Malika asked me, I was like, well, you said Madison, Washington, man. You know, you talk about New York, right? He's like, no, bro, that's a runaway slave, bro. Like, <laughs> you don't know your history. Like. I'm spotting a theme that there just seemed to be like a series of kind of accidents or things just kind of like being slightly misunderstood. And from that, you get this incredible burst of creativity and this new way of doing things. Yeah. You were, you were and are, uh, you know, classically trained jazz musician and yeah. you know that was your job before this what was it that pan amsterdam allowed you to do that you couldn't do as a jazz musician because my from my point of view i was like wow there's the humor there's the kind of lacerating wit and things and it's kind of you've got that with your classical chops as well i'm so sorry my children are probably coming inside you might be able to hear that oh it's okay um, I can't hear yeah. um but yeah, I just wondered, was that part of the appeal? That it was something that, you know, I love jazz. Joe and I have this kind of constant, um, not battle, but I'm kind of constantly trying to bring him to the side. And I'm saying I'm too young still. I'm too <laughs> young for <laughs> jazz still. <laughs> um, but I think that it's one not thing quite that, true, maybe, but you know. that maybe you couldn't argue, and I wouldn't claim to have like a vast span of knowledge about jazz, but but jazz does have a kind of inherent seriousness in a lot of people's view. And, yeah. you know, maybe there is this kind of idea of musicianship and being a virtuoso and stuff. What, yeah, what could you do as Pan Amsterdam that, that was, what was, what was freeing about it? Well, I think a lot of it is that, uh, first of all, I mean, jazz and hip hop. Literally knocking. Oh yeah, yeah, they want to come in, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be, they got some questions for the interview. Yeah, they got some questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you not know that Madison Washington was a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Was a slave. We've been learning about that for years. Yeah, that's what they oh, were yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the question. <laughs> but no, I mean, as far as the hip hop and uh, jazz thing, I mean, like, what happened with me was is that I understood that the prolific uh, mind of hip hop is jazz. And the only thing mm. that happened was is in the black neighborhoods, uh, you know, they took the instruments out of the schools. They were kind of only left with like two, you know, two turntables and a microphone. But mm. that whole dexterity and the whole pro prolific mind is still there. You can mm. hear that in hip hop. Mm. The humor side of it is that, um, you know, like Charlie Parker, you know, he used to he used to be a prankster and so mm. was Miles and all, all those mm. guys. And you can hear that usually in the music. But it's very like you said, it's not really brought out that much. Mm. And I just and just for for being Pan Amsterdam, I just wanted to bring out this kind of sarcasm that i hear in jazz but verbally <laughs> yeah yeah, okay. yeah 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 you know yeah no it definitely yeah. comes through has it um and i guess this gets on to why 
because initially you initially you were kind of shrouded in a degree of mystery weren't you you didn't did you not tell people that it was you and so yeah. was there an element of like ruffling feathers and people being like who the hell is this guy and you were kind of taking the piss out of people as it were and yeah and how long did that last in terms of like you know, <laughs> anonymity because it's it's a it's a difficult thing to keep to keep up isn't it and you know character work and stuff and joe and his Life as a comedian, he's done some character bits, haven't you? Lately, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one going at the minute. <laughs> and it's a strange Fisherman. thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got really method. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was, yeah, talk us through that, like navigating that, you know, because there's a long lineage of people having alter egos and... Well, you know, from my point of view as a music journalist, like there'd be all these people and it'd be like, oh, no one knows anything about them. And, you know, mm. there's just an email and we don't even know who they are. <laughs> and it is this mystique. Um, what was that like on the other side to sort of uh, sustain that? It was fun. I mean, we had a character. We said that uh, that uh, Pan Amsterdam was somebody that washed ashore. That Iggy, <laughs> that Iggy Pop found on the coast of Miami or coast of Florida or something like that. And um, he... <laughs> He had his trumpet and uh, with a tape that caught uh, with a with a uh, hard drive in his trumpet case that said uh, elevator music on it <laughs> and all this. kind. And he was escaping a um, cruise ship, a jazz cruise ship <laughs> and this whole thing. But uh, when we gave the uh, PR people, when we gave it to DJs and stuff, that that paragraph, you know, that whole story. Mm. They they kind of felt vexed a bit, so I kind of right. had to, I had to abandon the character after a while because <laughs> they were like, "We're not gonna say this live," you know. Like, you know? I'm just like, just go with the shit, man. Like, you know. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I, I I was fully into that. I was like, I like this mystery, almost yeah. like the cartoon, the artwork. Right. It was really the only image when your first, when the pocket watch came out. The only image that you could find anywhere was that character that you drew with the sort of like spiky kind of head yeah 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 yeah. i was i was trying to be this whole i was trying to be this whole facade but uh eventually it just wore off man i mean like the (laughs) the people were just like no we need to know who you are you know (laughs) it maybe sort of speaks to like just the current like age really like everyone needs to know exactly what everything is and people show themselves completely on social media and stuff and I think maybe there's like less appetite for like you know people sort of the theatre and stuff Joe's obviously a massive Bowie fan and uh, MF Doom I know is is somebody that people have you know brought up as a touchstone and comparison point with what you're doing as Pan Amsterdam and we're huge fans of his Um, and yeah maybe there just is a little degree of people just want to like not feel like they're being they're not in on it or there's you know or someone's kind of like pulling the wool over their eyes as it were like this kind of people are like you know like if bowie arrived now people would be like what are you talking about where are you from you're not really from space yeah um, yeah <laughs> major tom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned yeah. iggy pop there and um yeah. he he's got a really interesting part of your stories like an interesting thread in your story and obviously you've collaborated with him he was like an early champion of you um I'm sure you must just be constantly getting people asking you you know for like minutiae about Iggy Pop and like what he's like and stuff yeah. but you know with that in mind what is Iggy Pop like, he like? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously I, like, I find it I find it quite I find it fascinating because Joe and I are huge fans. He's this kind of like singular figure. And what is it like when someone like that kind of reaches out and they want to work with you? They want to sort of play your stuff. They're interested. Like, talk us through it. Like, oh man, it was it was scary, you know, <laughs> because there's so much history there. And you're like, uh, did he call you? Did you know, he message you? What did? Yeah, he, he yeah he emailed me through this uh, critic, uh, this uh, good friend of mine. That's a uh, great critic ben ratliff mm. uh told him about that uh the character pan am mm. and so he heard it and then he wanted to put it on his bbc6 show mm. uh plus one the single and um he hit me and he was just like look i gotta uh, he's, he's like yeah this is uh you know this is jim he says his real name you know <laughs> this is jim and uh, amazing you know it's some really good stuff you got there it amuses me you know <laughs> 
<laughs> Does that mean he likes it, or is yeah. he like, yeah? <laughs> so he so he spun it on his he spun it on his radio on his on his on his uh, Iggy Iggy Confidential show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday, which night. that was the first place I heard you, and I was like, I got to mm. find out more about this yeah. character. This character, um, yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I really wanted to sort of get a bit of a uh, sort of potted history on on your musical upbringing like hmm. tell us about because you you were born in texas is that right houston texas yeah, yeah. yeah. and mm-hmm. so uh and then you went to obviously the jazz school in new york but was your was your upbringing primarily in texas what kind of music was you listening to growing up what was going on in your household music wise tell us a bit about that yeah it was crazy i mean like my parents would listen to they they were they're the reason why i listen to so many genres like mm. uh I mean, my parents would listen to everything from Grand Grand Funk Railroad to like they would turn around and listen to Beethoven. Then they turn around and listen to Isaac Hayes. Mm. You know, oh, and then they would cool. turn. Yeah, I mean, like it was just. It, and then my mom was big into the blues, like Lightning Hopkins, Jimmy Reed, Holland Wolf, all that kind of stuff. You know, and um, you know, it's. I mean, it was just this constant music got them up in the morning to go to work. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and uh, anytime they were arguing you know, one would take the floor and put on some music or something like that, you know. Like, I remember my mom used to let her play uh, The Temptations' Fan the Flame. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> and that song is some deep lyrics. It's like, once a wise man <laughs> said to me, this advice I'll give you free, a woman's built on vanity, so fan the flame. Like, <laughs> like, <Wow>. like deep <laughs> lyrics, you know? And that kind of, all that stuff, you know, just kind of gets into you. And, mm. uh, and then I was in talent shows and stuff, and so... You know, I was doing stuff with like Destiny's Child. We were in the same talent wow. shows. No yeah, way. Beyonce, Beyonce went to my high school, actually. Oh yeah. wow, incredible! My high school, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. The other, t- the other two sort of lost like other ones as well, like uh, yeah. But their names, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Far <laughs> bad for them. Yeah, yeah, I know they're just gone forever. Oh, like, yeah. oh man, yeah, they went um, to J.C. Penny or something. I don't know, man. It's like it's real right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I was gonna, I was thinking like you know, Houston is like a fascinating uh, music city, and yeah. in terms of hip hop as well. And I know about things like is it chopped and screwed, and kind of like the Houston DJ Screw, like, DJ mm. Screw. That's your early, that's your early uh, forms of trap. Like uh, yeah, uh, uh, also um, UGK out of Port Arthur. Yeah, yeah. But Houston claims them. Uh, ghetto, <laughs> ghetto boys, you know, my mind's playing tricks on me, you know, like, oh yeah, I used to go to the clubs. I like got to see Juvenile break in like his whole cash money, like their whole, you know, Manny Fresh and all those yeah, guys. Yeah. Like what I got sort to see of time them. was this? So how, how old are you? Um, that was, that was my high school days in like the late nineties. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like, yeah. 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 And that, that's when I, that's when I was like really getting off into like Southern hip hop because mm. it was, it was seriously a culture. I mean, we used to just claim whatever we wanted to claim. Like some people would claim the West Coast, some people would claim the East. And then all of a sudden, you know, Ghetto Boys with my mind's playing tricks on me. We were like, what the hell? You know? Then Master P came in, you know. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Know? Yeah. 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 Oh, did you do much of the, did you get into the kind of Southern hip hop thing much? Because Joe and I are both huge hip hop fans. But I remember, yeah. I vividly remember because I've got family in the US and I remember going there sort of mid 90s to late 90s and that was in that prime hot boys like era and like they're all in the white t-shirts and they've got the kind of gold cash money and it was kind of insane it was kind of this new thing that was I feel like different I feel like I unfortunately just got I think I think I got bitten early on in my discovery of, of that kind of music when uh, I remember Bubba Sparks being on <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure this kind of hip hop's for me, and I didn't really investigate it any further. <laughs> oh man, yeah. he was your he was your representative. No, the no, South, no. yeah, <laughs> for the whole um, of the South. Of yeah. America. Oh yeah, no, that's not good. That's not the best representation. <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 but no, I mean, like, no, I mean that that's Southern cult. Yeah, I mean, when we were hitting the clubs and all the beautiful like sisters, like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> Cause I was a suburban kid, so I was like, you know, you know, they were doing all them booty dances, and I just go up against the wall, like, what the hell is going, you know, like, you know, 
Yeah, it was real, you know. <laughs> but but we would still go every weekend, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Twice a weekend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, oh, yeah wow. if we could. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. I remember the clubs, Jamaica, Jamaica, Oasis. Like, there was one, it was some really good. I mean, those clubs were like just the music, like, oh, man, it was crazy, man. And the whole, and the whole, and that's why when I hear trap, I'm like, well, that was kind of already starting to happen. Mm, mm. You know, it just kind of seemed to be more main. It's, it just kind of became the mainstream thing. That's all. Yeah. You know? But yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of already there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Did um at what point do you does your kind of the musical education you're getting at home from like your parents and their kind of like deep cuts of vinyl and sort of across all genres and you've got the southern hip hop moment happening. At what point does that become? Did you always played instruments? Did you always played the horn? Or at what point does it kind of become okay, I am gonna be a musician, I'm gonna pursue this, this is kind of my calling or my life? I think when I picked up the cornet. At mm. uh, at twelve years old, you know, I uh, I remember I remember just finally learning how to make a melody do the mm. thing, and after that I was just hooked. You know, <laughs> I was I was I was like I'm gonna be a musician. That's just hang it up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. you have Did you have sort of people that you sort of knew that were musicians, like within the orbit of your family or anything? And did you kind of have an idea of that lifestyle or whatever? Because because obviously, yeah. as you kind of I've seen you talk really vividly about your life before the whole Pan Amsterdam thing. And you were like, just ready to like quit or move somewhere. And obviously the life of a musician is not always the glamour. It seems and like oh, particularly no. jazz musicians. It's like, you know, they don't have the best rep reputation in like popular culture. As no, no, no. They rounded <laughs> individuals. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you know, we're, we're eccentrics. Because <laughs> I, I think a lot of it's because we take the brunt of society. You know, mm. so, you know, we get to see society at its ugliest late at night, three o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah. we're all we're all serious, you know, trying to, uh, you know, expand our minds and share that with the audience and all this kind of romantic stuff. And they're out yeah. there just kind of like being just grimy, you know, and then we, <laughs> then we then we start to get into that culture a little bit. And, you know, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's this whole thing that goes, it's very complex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, I think for me, what. I, I, you know, after a while, I think the politics of jazz just kind of forced me in the, in the understanding that Birth of the Cool wasn't the only thing on the radio when I was born, mm. you know? <laughs> it was yeah. just a lot, was, there was a lot of music that made made me as an individual and I needed to express that and explore that and investigate mm. it more, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. I investigated the effing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while we're on jazz, I did want to ask you about the kind of London jazz scene. It's been, it's kind of mm. gone crazy in terms of it's been written about kind of everywhere from like the New Yorker to like New York Times. And it's kind of, it's almost to the point now where it's like a cliche to like mention, oh, the jazz renaissance in Southeast London or like, you know, South London. Yeah. Um, what's, yeah, what, how have you kind of followed it and what's your, your kind of take on it been? Like, is there any kind of like. I think it's dope. I mean, mm. like, I think, I think. Um, does it feel quite distinct from the kind of traditions that you come from, or does it feel like it's it's different? You know, mm. um, I mean, because there's a lot of. I'll tell you honestly that the the average jazz musician in New York is far better than the 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 jazz musician mm. in Britain. But yeah, yeah. What I do like is that the that in 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 uh in Britain and in the UK, they. De I mean, well. That's the same thing, but in, you know, <laughs> but yeah, in, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but like basically out there, it's really cool that you people do a great job of supporting your jazz musicians mm. to where they can do other things. I see like Nubia Garcia incorporating like dance elements and house, yeah, 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 into her music. Mm. Out here, it's so traditional and it's more of a tourist attraction. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like people want to go and just listen to traditional jazz. Yeah, that, yeah. That a lot of a lot of the younger players don't get to explore what uh, the other elements that they want to incorporate mm. in their music because for fear of just losing work and losing face amongst their peers as well. Mm, mm. You know, uh, but there are. There, I mean, I mean, they still do it a lot of them, but it, they, there's just no platform. There's no support. Yeah. You yeah, know, and yeah. I think like okay. like Giles Peterson did a great job with like uh, I remember I came out to uh, 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 his worldwide award show and he had like Nubia Garcia, Moses Boyd, 
Joe Armand. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. dope. Yeah, you know, Carolina like Jones, yeah, Jones, the yeah, exactly. And they were all in this one session for Made of Veil. And, yeah. uh, and I, I was just like, and I didn't know they were going to be the future of what he, you know, of, of yeah, I, didn't know, yeah, yeah. I didn't know they even all had their own thing, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was just there doing my, uh, this album, you know, that I had put out, you know, but then I turned around and saw the development and what they were doing over the years. And I was like, God, oh, this is amazing. Like over yeah. like a two year span, like just yeah, the, yeah. the growth, the, the musical growth. And I was like, if only that could happen in New York. You know, with with the jazz musicians. So yeah, I really, I really like what what's going on out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and most people do, apart from Joe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. Um, I I I messaged uh, Laurent and said, "I'm go- I'm coming to New York. Where can I go and see some?" J-? I was up for it then, but. When when I'm around you, Jimmy, that's when I have the problem yeah, with it specifically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well. Uh, the point there about it being this kind of museum exhibit thing, and that's definitely prevalent here in the UK as well with places like Ronnie Scott's and people want a, quite a set the experience, don't they? Version. Yeah, but I wonder, yeah. like, you know, at this time when, you know, live performance is still kind of up in the air, whether, you know, in what form it's going to come back. Like, do you think it's, like, going to change things? And how have you... How have you been coping through this time as somebody that's not been able to like perform live and, and kind of you know be a musician in the way that you normally would be? Like, yeah, how how has that been? Well, honestly, you want me to be dead honest? I'm used to being black <laughs> blacklisted. So so I, I mean, like all the touring I ever did was always in Europe. You know, like, right? Okay. So, yeah. So well, in, I guess it still affects yeah. that though because you can't. You know, you I can't, can't, I can't go out to Europe. Yeah. Mm. But I think I think hopefully as far as the scene and everything, I mean. I go to jam, like I'll go to a jam session or uh, the famous club Smoke is right across the street from me. Mm. And I'll kind of sit in there and check out some of the young talent that's coming up and whatnot and sometimes play with them. Mm. And uh, you can tell they're in the other musics, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I really think that with young musicians, there will be this, th- that rebel spirit will balance out this need for traditionalism and, mm. you know, mm. jazz in its purest art form and you know, I, I just I just wish there was a little bit more of a leg up, but I think it's going to happen. I hope I'm trying yeah. to speak, speak that into existence, you know. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more about how you got blacklisted, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I couldn't help but think, I hope I'm not speaking for Joe too much here, but I saw an interview where you were talking about, you know, the kind of gatekeepers and the bookers and kind of yeah. if you felt like if your face didn't fit, then you sort of couldn't really do what you wanted to do. And Obviously, I know Joe like with comedy and things like that, and it does oh, seem like yeah. world in terms of there are these set few people that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. richer of well, and if you're if you're not in with them, then you just can't you know you can't you can't do it, and so it's just really frustrating. It is. Uh, I mean, and and those gatekeepers luckily get older and pass away here. <laughs> Or you know they get they get you know they they get dropped from a big label or whatever, and then yeah. the club the club owners lose their clubs. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that that really happen where uh, it the, it's a necessary manure that moves in necessary seasons, I guess. You know, mm. and the way I got blacklisted was kind of a it was a, it was a blessing. You know, I, I didn't see it coming. It it doesn't happen suddenly. Like it's not it's yeah. not like boom you're blacklisted. Mm. You just know you just notice you're getting less and less work every year, yeah. you know. It's it's one it's one promoter at a time. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and a and a lot of it was a lot of it was just kind of, you know, peers it was a lot of uh, peer competition, you know, mm. and a lot of people kissing up to club owners and label people and doing, you know, and just politics, you know, yeah. and after after a while, you know, I mean, and there were there were times where me and Bilal, I know my crew, like I was, you know, coming out of Bilal's band, we would go into a late night jazz club and run a muck, Jack. Like, you know, <laughs> I remember one time I saw, I hope Bilal didn't get mad at me. I, I remember one time I saw him going smalls like late at night, man, and grab the mic and just go, jazz is dead, you know, like, I was like... <laughs> I mean, and then the next night I went there, like the club owner, like had a baseball back behind the door. I was like, you can't come in, you know, like, <laughs> wow. you, were a part yeah. of that. you know, like I was like, damn. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That is, yeah. that is an official blacklisting. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Should we? What do you reckon, Joe? Should we get on to um, uh, Laurent's uh, onto his album? albatross? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm just yeah. I'm just writing down comedy is dead as an idea that I go and. I'm going to see how many clubs I can get banned from once the pandemic's over. But yeah, we should definitely move on to yeah. the album that you've brought to share with us um, yeah, here on JJ's Album Club. And I think, Jimmy, it's the first time, is it, that we've had a soundtrack album? I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but without giving too much away, uh, Laurent, why don't you tell us about, about the album that you've brought along to the club? Okay, so I brought the soundtrack, The Woman in Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it's a movie with, uh, what's his name? Gene, Gene Wilder. Gene yeah. Wilder, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, it's, uh, and there was, it's, the soundtrack is mainly composed by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, and Dionne Warwick's on it. Yeah. And um, I think... And, was, and in, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, just uh, an incredible choice. I, I don't think I... I'd not heard of this album. It kind of passed me by. Obviously, there is a big single on it. And yeah. I'll just called I Love You, which I have got a lot of things to say about and talk about, as a lot of uh, people have. But um, but yeah, it was like incredible. And like I just, um, uh, from my point of view, mm-hmm. it just feels like, where has this been? Like, And it just goes to show that like you miss so much if you just focus on the kind of, I don't know, critically approved kind of sections of people's discographies. I thought I knew Stevie Wonder's career quite well, but this had completely passed me by. It's kind of a fascinating film. I was looking at the like biog of it. It's like extremely 80s, isn't it? Gene Wilder's just like a sort of dangerous horn dog basically yeah. who <laughs> ruins his entire life when he like when he spots a woman's dress blow up. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the plot. <laughs> um, he wasn't even worried about his family anymore. He was just like, <laughs> and then and then the mother had like some teenager that she was kind of like messing around so, with. Like, yeah, like, it was out. It was it, such an out movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I've yeah. still not seen it, but I do want to watch it now. It's yeah. uh, I think it's based on like a French film, and it's this kind of like absurdist yeah. fable type thing. But. Um, Before we kind of talk about our response to it, like what was it about this album? What are your memories of it? Like wh- when were you first introduced to it? It reminded me of one thing, affirmative action. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> in what like, way? My parents uh, got their house uh, in the suburbs around that time. Right, wow. And, and that was the soundtrack I would hear all the time, mm. playing, playing on, their al- on, on the mm. album. And yeah, you know, right. Every time I hear it, I, the, the the sound like the even the Casio like little cheap yeah, yeah. sounds and and just the kind of uh, the appropriateness of it, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that just reminds me of uh, like my, it just reminds me of black people saying we gonna we gonna we gonna have a nice house. Yeah, you know well, I mean? so, like, you know, so <laughs> did they so did they like literally benefit from affirmative action in terms of like? Oh yeah, so. Yeah. Like obviously, and was that did that mean that you were then in a neighborhood that was was it a white neighbor? Was it a predominantly yeah. white neighborhood and a middle class neighborhood? Oh wow! Yeah, that was in a, I was in a white mm. neighborhood uh, predominantly, and um, that was a culture shock for me because that was my first time seeing so many white people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I even fell first grade. I shouldn't talk about that, but uh, <laughs> it was just culturally <laughs> like what the you know, yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, and uh, but. Um, I just remember the music. The music was so tame, and I just called to say "I love you" was the first song I learned to sing. Like I used to take, oh wow, I used to take my dad's cleaning brush and like sing to uh, to my uh, aunties that were like real pretty, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I'd sing, and they thought it was cute, and then they start laughing. <laughs> then I get embarrassed and like throw the you know throw the thing down and just run into a corner or somewhere and run into my room. And I just I remember all that stuff like. 
uh, "Don't Drive Drunk" like that. That yeah. track on there, like yeah. I remember like getting spankings to that. You know, wow, just, just that music <laughs> in the background. Don't oh. drive drunk. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, that is such a good song. It's like the sort of <laughs> yeah. funkiest kind of public information advert ever. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm drunk. I am yeah. never driving drunk because Stevie told me to. Right. Like, you know, that's think, really interesting. And I think yeah. there's probably like some, because what it really reminded me of, and I absolutely love it. I mean, bar, I just called to say I love you, which, you know, is. It's such a strange song, and I and I was reading a little bit more about. Um, I, I was reading a great sort of profile of Stevie Wonder that was in the New Yorker in I think 1994. It's like really good. Okay. I mean, maybe we can even like add it to the show notes or something when when this is um, put out. Yeah. But um, he it mentions in that that like I just called to say I love you had been. You're laughing around. at this lighting, man. This sign, man. Hold on. <laughs> oh no, no problem. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, go um, yeah. Is it really sunny? Yeah. yeah, 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 we yeah, can, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I was like, God, dog, man, I'm starting to look like Marvin Gaye, what's going on, cover with, <laughs> with the sunshine, just with like- the I'm babe. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what were you saying? I'll go ahead. I was just saying that, yeah, I just called to say I love you. Apparently he wrote it like, you know, years and years before and he had the melody kind of hanging around and he just sort of, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was at this kind of period, this was after his real sort of, imperial phase of kind of just everything he touched turned to gold but I think he just had these things hanging around and it and he releases it and it's kind of absolutely maligned in the history of like rock is like the worst like Stevie won the song ever I think but then he wins yeah. an Oscar for it and it's one of his biggest hits yeah, so it's one of his one of his best sellers like yeah. yeah it's kind of like a real paradox and you know, as much as you want to hate on it, it's kind of undeniable, isn't it? Like the melody and the simplicity of it. And and as you say, the kind of the Casio keyboard, like you yeah. probably don't know about like working men's clubs and the traditions of like, but like in, yeah. in the UK, there's like this kind of like sort of bad variety kind of like act type things. And like the sort of, it sounds like a karaoke track almost, doesn't wow. it? Like, yeah, it does sound like, it sounds like, yeah, it's totally, yeah, and- you can see the lyrics just coming up as he sings, you know, like, and like, like, you know, like, like some, some Chinese writing and, and, and flowers. Yeah. You yeah. Can, yeah, you, yeah. Can totally, you can totally see that. Yeah. And, and, but also there's like mad kind of like vocoder kind of uh, auto tune bit at the end, which I don't ever remember hearing, yeah. but obviously it was there. I doubt there's more yeah. than one version of this I don't remember song. it being that long. It's, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's so long. It is um, long. <laughs> it's it a long Bossa <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, uh, th- I wasn't even born when this album came out, so I'd just like to put that on the record, first of all, right? Okay. Uh, but second of all... <laughs> only just. The only thing, the only thing I, I remember about this song specifically... And this shows you how how big it was uh, over in this country. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. How big it was in this country and how long it stuck around for was yeah. like even at that sort of the age of seven and eight. Like all the memories of being at family weddings in a sort of like children's suit, and mm. then like being wheeled out to dance with the adults to that particular <laughs> song. And that, so I hate it. It's like come on, come and dance with your auntie. Phyllis or your your uncle Pete. I don't want to dance this, but that's what's said in my memory about this. While yeah. the music, while a boss, that bossing yeah. over, yeah, droning, yeah. droning over that situation, you know, yeah, like, yeah. in yeah, some of the worst like scout halls you've ever seen, just oh, weddings, fiftieth yeah. birthday parties in and stuff. Oh yeah, man, no, it's, I, I it, it is. I guess it is really like as you say that kind of how those things can really embed themselves in your mind, like the soundtrack to your youth. And I, I totally get what you mean. This idea of sort of like, like eighties gloss and like black prosperity as well. And, and I checked, it really reminded me of like, say like uh, Beverly Hills cop and the kind of synth, you know, theme and soundtrack of that. And that came out the same year. And it does feel like there is this kind of, um, yeah, yeah this when, high gloss kind of. Uh, when all the jazz musicians went to LA, like you know, Herbie Hancock started messing around with keyboards more. You know, yeah, saw yeah. all this stuff just started going down. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's, everybody's like, you know, let's just crystallize ourselves. Yeah, like, the, the song <laughs> is it? Um, uh, Love, light, and flight is. Oh, that's extraordinary. Sweet. 
Oh my Ooh, yeah, god, man. such a good song. Yes, it is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the opener as well, to be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's really like, a throwback yeah. 80s, yeah, power, power yeah. 80s song. Do you know what I mean? And I just yeah. I, I just don't think you get an album like this these days, you know, you know, uh <laughs> Oscar winning um <laughs> soundtrack album based yeah. on a film that's like a kind of Gene Wilder sex comedy like in sort yeah. of like <laughs> Reagan's America it's just insane yeah and it's uh, like, but yeah I love it yeah it's just and it's weird because I remember I remember there was a part in the movie where the wife had left uh, uh one of his friends mm. and like the whole place was like clean like the cabinets were clean and everything mm. and I just remember just the soundtrack like the with with Stevie Wonder's kind of you know, affirmative action soundtrack and me just mm. moving into a, a house and smelling that rug and the wood and, you know, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just trippy, man. It's really, yeah. really trippy stuff, you know? And, and, and then there was another thing. Oh yeah, like the uh, the piano intro on It's You. Mm. Like just that ding, 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 ding. Like just mm. really, just beautiful stuff. Like you can think, you, you know, you think about fishes in an aquarium. Like it's, it's definitely, it's, I, you know, I always wished Vaporwave would have like kind of slowed that stuff down. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let's see what they do with that because they were doing Diana Ross, and I get that. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, come on. You know, but I'm like, come on, Vaporwave, do some do some real cheesy Stevie, like '80s Stevie. <laughs> like, don't be afraid. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're yeah. right. It's um, yeah, it's it's a really really good pick, man. Thank you so much for um. I also yeah, feel like introducing us to it. Um, yeah, no problem. The, the instrumental, um, it's more than you as well. Back to yeah. kind of where we started. I've accidentally just played it as I just looked up the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> is is just like um, it feels like something that you that Pan Amsterdam would rap over almost as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a good connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. you know because I mean uh, it's funny because that part on there. Uh, every time that song comes in, that instrumental, he, uh, it's it's uh, he was supposed to be meeting this woman, but it was this ugly, uh, this not attractive, I should say, not unattractive <laughs> woman, you know yeah. that that. Uh, oh, God bless the eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was supposed to meet her at like this restaurant, and that music is playing in the background, like wow, yeah, really just kind of casual cocktail type yeah. type sounding stuff, and then all of a sudden, like. He comes over to meet her and he sees his, you know, his his coworker, and he just jumps up and leaves and then hides in the car. And it's just it's it's it's, it's, it's just the comedy <laughs> of that, man. But it's supposed to be over this sultry type of cocktail back yeah, yeah. And you yeah. would and, and that's something that that kind of sarcasm is something that a pan mm, yeah, right. kind of character would die. Yeah. No one joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That <laughs> you yeah, that you responded to it, like even from that kind of yeah, yeah man. Young age. Like um, <laughs> What are the other kind of, was this kind of quite reflective of the albums that you kind of, that are really, that have those evocative memories attached to them for you? Or are they kind of all quite different things? What are the other things that you think of, like, from your sort of upbringing that have similar, yeah. Just, well, not just this album, but like, that you have similarly, like, vivid memories of listening to, to songs or hearing them like is that other stuff from this period or is it kind of after yeah there was definitely stuff because it, it would be that and that's when they were just starting to have a drink or whatever you know mm. and, then it, and then you know my dad get a good drink and it would go quickly to isaac hayes and those <laughs> those long those long monologues he used to do before he started yeah, to, you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah 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 so, yeah you know that south park made fun of later you know call yeah. Me <laughs> <Joe>. yeah yeah <laughs> My um my my wife's uh my late father-in-law basically he used to be a DJ in the seventies and I always oh, remember Isaac Hayes um there's one of the like nine minute ones was always the song he put on when he needed to go to the bathroom like when he needed the toilet like it was like <laughs> yeah. the sort of DJ piss break song like if it's just like the nine minute monologue and you could just kind of pop out you've still got time yeah yeah man that's that stuff you know. You listen to that stuff for you know your childhood. You gonna you you definitely gonna come with something. You know, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um. I, I wanted I wanted to bring it round to to kind of now. Like, are you 
Pan Amsterdam, another thing that has defined the project, it seems, is there's this real ambition in terms of what you're hoping to do and, you know, the elevator music. And it is this kind of, this project that you seem to have mapped out. Like, what have you been working on recently? What's next? I know you've kind of just just had the most recent one come out not that long ago, right? And, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I just can't, all right. Hot Shoe just got released by Pan Amsterdam. Yes, yeah. That that was uh, pretty cool. Uh, it's getting received pretty damn well. I was surprised, mm, especially the yeah, song. Ca- yeah, the song Carrot Cake. I was like, whoa! It just went, <laughs> shoot, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, wasn't expecting it. No, no, not at mm. all. You know, so that's really cool. And then um, I'm working on some more Pan Am as we speak. Uh, there was mm. a a remix just came out by Bastian Keb um, yeah. of one of the tracks. Mm. Yeah, you know. It, and um, there's, you know, just stuff is stuff is happening, you know, more Pan Am and uh, yeah. also my singer songwriter stuff is still doing this thing. I, I put out an album called uh, More Elevator Music, mm, yeah. which one of the songs corporate is actually that capsulation of that time period with the one. Ah, that soundtrack. Cool. Mm. You can mm. probably hear that now that I've said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be able to connect that. Those <laughs> guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, so, wow. And um, uh, what was I going to ask? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I going to sandwiches? Um, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've lost my train of thought, Joe. Was there anything well, no, else? I, I just, um, I mean, I think, I think we've covered everything pretty well, but I think mm. um, one thing that I would like to ask you about is sure. just a little bit more about what it was like, you know, you said you'd never seen so many white people before uh, yeah. when you moved into the, into the neighbourhood around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in all seriousness, though, was that, did that make it quite a difficult time for you to integrate into society? And do you think that's had any bearing on your music or do you feel like, actually, you had a pretty cool time you know, integrating into that. And what was it actually really like to you? I was both. I mean, there were times where uh, I remember uh, there was, you know, it's definitely disc- discrimination vibes, you know, I mean, because you're breaking into uh, another culture, you know, and, mm. uh, and I, I mean, there was, you know, there were tragic. All right. One funny one was when I had, uh, I had one of the first Nintendos in the neighborhood, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so all the kids came over to play, my Nintendo. And then other kids started getting Nintendos. And so I went over to this one kid. I remember, I think his name was Kyle. Can't remember his name. I think Kyle. Anyway, I went over to his, his house. And I just remember his dad came in work early or whatever. And he just passed the living room and then just goes, Kyle, get your ass in here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, what is that boy doing in my living room, boy? <laughs> you know? And I just remember him just walking in like, you got to go. You know, like, oh, my. <laughs> oh, you know, man. little stuff like that would happen. Yeah. And, um, just, you know, the, uh, I remember uh, the funniest one to me was Nationality Day. Um, I remember we were in a circle and the teacher was like, you know, teaching us what nationality meant and, you know, what, uh, which was probably not the right word now, but uh, mm. basically what your ethnic background is. Mm. And yeah, I just yeah, remember yeah. all the kids going, you know. Oh, I'm German. I'm Scotch Irish. I'm this. I'm that. Da, da, yeah, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. So it got to me, and I just said what the other kids said. I was like, "Oh, I have German. I have Scotch Irish, <laughs> and I have you know." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the teacher just looking at me with that kind of dead smile, and just looks at the other kid and just goes, "Kimberly," <laughs> like and that's my first time seeing sarcasm. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, I guess- <laughs> that is a thing that I can definitely relate to. You get kind of adept at maybe like deflecting those moments, like you know, and kind yeah. of you just get quite, quite good at just kind of sensing those to come up. And it's funny as well that you, you know, you frame that, you know, the Nintendo story as like something that was quite funny. Yeah, it was and I can totally get how you're just a bit like. This is just so ridiculous. Yeah. But like, you know, you describe it out, particularly in 2020, and you're like, that is like horrible that like you have to go through that. That you yeah. have to go through that. 
that stuff really but you're yeah. right I kind of just like I totally remember kind of being there and, and kind of knowing and being very keenly aware of you know you know parents being involved and you speak to other kind of people from different generations who had it even even harder where oh yeah. Yeah. yeah oh like, man Wow. Yeah, some of the yeah. stories probably wouldn't be so great, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, fortunately, fortunately, I could laugh, but I mean, because <laughs> I, 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 there was a, something always self-aware inside of me that knew my situation was peculiar, you know. And so, mm. like, like I mean, it, you know, because you go through that and then you go home and you smell chitlins. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, explain chitlins to Joe. This is okay. uh, this is where I get to. Okay, chitlins is a. I guess the proper word is chitterlings. Right. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and, and, yeah, and that's I think pink. do we call them like sweetbreads or something, or it's kind of like you can call anyway, it that. It's, yeah. It's, it's uh, pig guts. Yeah. It's pig guts. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pig, pig guts, guts yeah, it comes yeah. from a slave food. So like, mm. you know, when the master had like um, the ham or whatever, he would leave this other stuff to the slaves, mm. and the slaves wouldn't learn how to season that stuff. And mm. make it taste, make good. it delicious. Yeah, yeah, make it delicious, and that's that's uh, that's that's you know I'm not, I ain't too far from the field, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. I'm either. There was a lot of liver and onions going on in my house growing up, and uh, yeah, yeah. pigs' hearts, <laughs> lambs' hearts. Right, was another thing that. So yeah, but then yeah. you have the but then you have the French that like to eat it as a delicacy. Exactly. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was just sitting there in France, and like uh, my guitar player is eating and I smelled that funk <laughs> and I was like yo man that funk you know bring all the memories back yeah yeah like yo man what the hell you eating down that table man he's like oh c'est tripe tripe I'm like oh okay Ooh, tripe I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah tripe yeah. right exactly yeah, and I'm just yeah. like no that's chitlins man that's, you know, like... <laughs> it's in yeah it's I don't know if he's a, if he just said tripe I don't know what he's talking about Right, yeah. right, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, tripe and onions, mate. Yeah, yeah. It used to be like yeah. tripe, tripe shops in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Do y'all oh, put man. Hot, y'all put hot sauce on y'all's or? Oh man, I don't know really. <laughs> I, I've never eaten them. I don't know. I've hot never sauce, eaten. hot sauce would make it too tasty. Like I think. It <laughs> would be need to be Keep reminded it of what it is. Bland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some sort right. of green. Sauce or something. Um, yeah. Oh man, thank you so it's much. Been a great oh, chat. Thanks. It's been great. It's been I wanted really to. Great. I wanted to. I wondered if maybe, um, in terms of Iggy, like I don't think we really discussed it anymore. But like how, kind of, like from that initial email and that initial, like how has it kind of grown from there and sort of your relationship and things like that and oh, it, man. It, it must That's be. Is it strange to kind of feel a bit like? I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in that situation, like where you're kind of like, I need to sort of play it cool, but maybe there's something that he likes about me that I need to do more. I need to keep doing it or whatever. Did you not have that? Is is that just my own neuroses? Like, how did you kind of, is it a relaxing scenario? You totally become very self-conscious around somebody like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, uh, but you, you quickly say to yourself, I'm here. So I'm supposed to be here. Mm. You know? And, um, you just kind of just you offer him things and um you know you even insist at times mm-hmm. and uh and, and and they kind of they kind of let you be the person you are you know you mm-hmm. realize he lets you know he, he kind of let me know that i was definitely an individual at, yeah, at one time yeah. i always felt like i was trying to be an individual you know yeah, with, yeah in my yeah. in my work at times and and uh with him i realized oh man you're definitely you you know and yeah uh, yeah yeah and then I, you know, we started working on the free album together. Yeah, right. And so yeah. that, and I mean, like, that was so fun to work on, man. Mm. You know, like, it was just, and, and I mean, just the way he would take my lyrics and, and then the way he would write his lyrics over certain things, like Love's Missing. Yeah, yeah. It's an awesome track, man. You know? <laughs> and just understanding that punk mind, you know? Mm. It's just, just yeah. amazing. Amazing. It's true. It, he's, I, I think I saw another quote of you and he's always kind of, moving forward and doing the opposite to what people expect from him and he could have such a like easy career just kind of like you know doing what people want for him but it is inspiring and kind of Bowie to a degree it's like everyone now is like oh yeah Bowie but like 
you know, if you were actually following him back in the day, he was doing stuff that was like driving you mad and like, why is he doing this? And yeah. perplexing, like, do you know what I mean? And I think it is quite inspiring to look at those artists and think that they just like follow their punk spirit or their gut or whatever it is. And they just kind of don't care what people think. That's And that's what punk is. I, I mean, like in, in that respect, because people think it's supposed to be, yeah, 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 you know, like all this, this, <laughs> this one dynamic of a, of a genre. And it's not, it's, Totally not that. It's actually multi-genres and just this kind of very, very raw individual approach to those genres, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so uh, much, yeah. man. Yeah. Thanks for doing yeah. this. This has been a great, great chat. Yeah. We could talk and talk. Yes, we could. <laughs> it was really and great yeah, talking with you guys. Hopefully, oh man, hopefully when you, when all this is... If you get back over here when all this is kind of like, you know, calmed down or I don't know, post vaccine, now we're all like, yeah, it's going to be fine, vaccine. Yeah. Um, it'd be really good to, yeah, it'd be so good to hang out and like say, it'd be an honor, man. Yeah, man. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. take you for some uh, for some drinks or some food or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm all for it. I'm all for, for some it. Tribe. Yeah. We'll go get some chitlins. Yeah. My first time having chitlins, it'll be in London. Let's do it. You know like <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank um, you so much, man. Thank cool. you. Um, JJ's album club. There we go. How's about that then? The woman in red. So good. Is that Stevie Wonder? Yeah. No, I mean. The woman in I red. I mean, the chat was so good. Not your impression of Stevie Wonder. The woman in. Um, I've started to torment my sons with, or they kind of love it. Uh, I do like really sort of bad tuneless singing and kind of immediately talk about how amazing and beautiful my <laughs> voice was and uh yeah they love it to the point that they've started to request it now. i i do that with you but it's no joke i genuinely voice. think it's good and it's not <laughs> oh man loren loren thomas uh pan amsterdam was a, a total dude and a real joy and he does just seem like somebody who it, you know it's kind of agonizing really because he does seem like someone just be amazing to hang out with like he'd be over here he'd be playing some shows we could have done that in person probably and so it's slightly agonizing but something to save for a part two. um if you if you listen to his album there's a there's a little skit thing on there uh where where he's ordering some duck in a Chinese restaurant. So, when he comes over, we'll take we'll take him to a good duck spot. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah big yeah, time. Yeah. Love All it. right, well, yeah, really, really thanks good. Thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Got a, thank got you. A, got a juggernaut of a name on on next week, haven't we, Jimmy? We have. Yeah, just trying to remember what uh, the running order. Next is, week. So. Yeah, we have. We have got everything. Everything. <laughs> is this the one with? Is this? Yes, yeah. we have, yeah. Oh, so I'll, I should have let you just guess. Yeah, 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 just keep going. Yeah. Is this the one we've... <laughs> yeah. Um, and another... <laughs> it was really great there, visually. Joe just sort of abandoned that thought, um, that kind of <laughs> midway through. It was like he was going to start. <laughs> hey, listen, I haven't done a gig in, in six months. There's no way that I am... I'm you know, sharp enough to be like making up funny scenarios on the spot. <laughs> Just like approached it. It was like, <laughs> oh man, it's like someone like sort of thinking about sprinting for the closing doors of a train and just being like, do you know, do you know what? Who cares? I'll go back to bed. <laughs> Right, let's right. leave it there. More of that next uh, time. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Uh, we'll see you next time on JJ's Album Club.